Okay, morning everybody. I'm Joseph. I'm going to be continuing our series on Christmas at the movies this morning. So last week we looked at part one on the director and this week we're going to be looking at our leading man who is of course our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And I'm going to be looking at the part that he has to play in the Christmas story. So before I begin, I'm just going to share three facts about myself in case you don't know me that well. So fact one is that I love Christmas. I love Christmas and all things Christmas related. I always have done, I always will. Fact two is that I love movies. So I think the first film I saw in the cinema was Disney's A Little Mermaid and I remember seeing Bambi as well. Uh, My taste has changed somewhat since then but I love staying in and watching a film or going out to the cinema. Fact three is that I love Jesus um, I've known him all my life and I try and live my life with him at the centre. So I love Christmas, I love movies, I love Jesus. So when I was asked to talk on Christmas at the movies about Jesus, I was a little bit like, oh, go on then, if I have to. So, but seriously, I hope you're going to uh, enjoy what I have to say. So Christmas at the movies. Last week in part one, Stuart looked at God the director and how he directed and controlled all the events of the Christmas story and how God made everything happen as it had been foretold in the Old Testament. This week I'm going to be looking at the leading man. So just as all films have a director, so most films in order to work well have a leading man or lady who is central to the plot of the film. So some of my favourite leading men are Indiana Jones, Luke Skywalker, John McClane, Marty McFly. And if you don't know who those are, you're either too young or you prefer people like Atticus Finch or Mr. Darcy. Whichever of those lead men you prefer, the leads all really have one thing in common, and that is that they often play the role of saviour. They often come and save the day. So in Indiana Jones, he saves the children from the Temple of Doom. He stops the Holy Grail from falling into the hands of the Nazis. Even Atticus Finch, what a saviour. You'd want him as your dad, wouldn't you? So what do we learn from this? Well, some of the best stories are those that tell the story of a saviour. So, perhaps some of the most obvious saviour stories are those of the comic book superheroes. So, who's your favourite superhero? Growing up, mine was Batman. I love the Tim Burton films. Not so keen on Batman and Robin, possibly the worst film ever made. But the franchise redeemed itself recently with the Dark Knights trilogy, directed by Christopher Nolan. So, I love Batman. I've even got the T-shirt. Be careful of the mic here. There it is. Fighting the Joker, his, uh, his rival. I'm just trying to be careful about that mic. Um, so, I love Batman. Another well-known superhero is, of course, Superman. So, in the upcoming film, Superman versus Batman, I really hope Batman kicks Superman's butt because he's so much better. He's a much better hero. And one of the reasons for this is because he doesn't wear a pair of red pants on the outside of his costume. And this is my impression of Superman. I'm Clark Kent. I'm Superman. I'm Clark Kent. I'm Superman. 
I'm Clark Kent. I'm Superman. Could you tell I was the same person? Oh, no, no, a pair of glasses. Yeah, that's a great disguise. It's completely unfeasible. Dressing up as a giant bat is way more realistic. (laughs) I will, however, concede that Superman is perhaps the better saviour role because where Batman saves Gotham City, Superman saves the world. The story of Superman is the story of a saviour. And so it is with Christ. The story of Christmas is the story of a saviour. Our lead man, of course, being Jesus Christ, the saviour of the world. So, I don't really know much about Superman. In fact, I hadn't seen a Superman film until I went and saw Man of Steel in the summer, and that's the latest uh, instalment in the franchise. All I knew is that Superman doesn't come from planet Earth, and he saves people. So, there's the, there's the uh, movie slide. So, I thought, great, when I went to see this film, it's a superhero origins film, so it's going to start the story from scratch. It's going to tell me everything I need to know about Superman. It's going to tell me who he was, where he came from, and what he came here to do. See, Superman has a backstory, and so it is with Christ. The Christmas story is the story of how Jesus came to earth, And it's an amazing story. I'm going to look at it in a bit. But Jesus, too, has a backstory. Who was he? Where did he come from? What did he come here to do? And as I was watching Man of Steel, I began to notice the similarities between the lead man of Superman and our lead man, Jesus Christ. So, next slide, please. Here he is. Notice the lack of red pants. They've made a change there. It's a good start to the film. And the film opens on the planet Krypton. And this is Superman's home planet. So we can have a look at the planet Krypton. There it is. And this planet is where Superman's biological father, Jor-El, lives. And that's his Kryptonian name. There he is, played by Russell Crowe. And he has one and only beloved son, the baby Superman. There he is. And so, Superman comes from another world, a world not like our own, where he lived with his father. And so it is with Christ. Christ comes from heaven, a world not like our own, where he lived with his father. And at the start of the film, Man of Steel, we see the planet of Krypton get destroyed. So, Here's the clip, and I want you to look out in this clip for what looks suspiciously like a stable and a star. Did you see the stable and the star there? So what happened there is Superman escapes from the planet Krypton. He's sent out by his father, Jor-El, sent from the father. He sends Superman from Krypton to Earth as a baby. And so it is with Christ. The Christmas story is the story of when God the Father sent his one and only son from, ev- from heaven to earth into human history as a baby. It's the Christmas story. So, Superman comes in this spaceship. He's discovered and adopted by two earthly parents. Here they are. Next slide. So, that's Diane Lane and Robin Hood. So, 
Superman's adoptive father is a humble tradesman, a farmer. He raises Superman on the earth. And so it is with Christ. Not coming in a spaceship, but in a manger. He's adopted by two earthly parents, Mary and Joseph. His father is a humble tradesman, a carpenter, who raises Jesus on the earth. It's the Christmas story. The story of our lead man, Jesus Christ. And the Christmas story is one of my favourite stories in the whole Bible. So I'm just going to read. I've got a couple of accounts here. So if you want to follow with me, it is Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. It says this. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfil what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And I'm just going to skip to Luke chapter 2 and verse 8, and it says this. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So, what we see in those two stories is all the elements of Jesus' backstory. We see who he is. He's Emmanuel, God with us. And we see where he came from, heaven. And I particularly like all the different references to heaven that there are throughout those accounts. So the story is interspersed with these indicators as to where Jesus came from. So the angel that appears to Mary and Joseph is from heaven. The virgin birth, it's a miracle. Miracles come from heaven the great company of the heavenly host. Where do they go back to? Heaven. So, we know who Jesus is. We know where he came from. But what did he come here to do? Why do we need a saviour? What do we need saving from? Because the real issue of the Christmas story is why. Why do we need a saviour? And again, the answers can be found in Jesus' backstory. So, The opening shots of Man of Steel set on the planet Krypton 
what happens in the story is there is an enemy. Let's have a look at the next slide. That is General Zod. He is the baddie of the film. Look at that goatee. Who does that remind you of? He was the military leader on Krypton. And he led this rebellion against the authorities on the planet of Krypton. And what happens is that he's cast out of the planet Krypton and damned to an eternal black hole for his rebellion. And it was the same in heaven. The book of Revelation tells us all about it. So even before creation, there was this rebellion in heaven where Satan, who used to be an angel, wants to be more powerful than God. And he's cast out of heaven, him and a third of the angels with him, and they become demons. That's why Satan prowls around on the earth, seeking whom he may devour. He does it at the start of the Bible in the book of Genesis. See, mankind was originally created to live in perfect harmony with God in the Garden of Eden. But Satan, prowling around, seeking who he may devour, comes to Eve, and she eats that forbidden fruit, the first sin. That's how sin came into the world. And from that point on, mankind was fallen. And I can't really talk about Christmas and Jesus without talking about sin, because if we hadn't sinned, then Jesus wouldn't have needed to come to save us. We would have just carried on living with God in paradise. But because we've sinned, because we've fallen, that's why the Saviour had to come. It said it in that account in Matthew. He came to save us from our sin. Because sin disrupted the whole of God's creation. And I thought up this little analogy to try and describe it. So imagine a swimming pool, perfectly still, completely untouched, undisturbed. And this represents the infinite holiness of God. You put one little droplet into that pool and it sends out a ripple. It distorts everything. And that's the effect that sin had on the whole world. One small sin and the whole of creation was affected. And the penalty for sin is death. Bloodshed. We're under a death sentence. Really? One little droplet? Yeah, because it doesn't matter if it's a droplet or a bucket load. It still has an impact. And it's still punishable by death. And the offence of sin against an infinitely holy God is infinite death and judgment. And it would take a saviour to come and save us from that. Scripture says the whole of creation is in groaning, as in birth pains, longing for the time when the saviour would come and restore things back to the way they were. And the saviour came at the first Christmas. The saviour was Jesus Christ, our leading man. So the world's waiting for this saviour. And it's a long time to wait between the fall of man and the coming of the saviour at Christmas, the whole of the Old Testament. But during that time, we see the pointers of what the saviour's going to be like. So what happened in the wake of the fall of man was that God establishes a people on the earth who he can delight in, have relationship with, the Israelites. And remember Emmanuel, God with us? Well, God was with them in the Old Testament, his presence in the temple. And it pointed to the God with a saviour who was going to come. The Israelites, with God with them, saw the things of heaven. Remember those signs, the plagues in Egypt? In Exodus, God says, I am the God who heals you. Healing comes from heaven. Angels are interspersed throughout the Old Testament. They come from heaven. It's all a pointer to the saviour that was going to come and bring heaven with him. And, you know, the Israelites were still under that death penalty for their sin. What were they going to do about that? God set out for them that they had to habitually shed the blood of animals in their place for their sin. 
And these animals had to be spotless, perfect, without blemish, in order to provide the best possible atonement. Yet it still wasn't enough. It was a shadow of what was to come. Because if sin was a human problem, then really a human's blood would need to be shed in our place for our sin. And this human would have to be spotless, perfect, without blemish, sinless, in order to be the best possible atonement. And no man could ever claim to be spotless, without blemish, sinless, except for one, the most super man who ever lived, Jesus Christ. This man would come from heaven at Christmas and grow up to be the perfect atonement for our sin. Man of Steel continues. What happens is that General Zod escapes from the place that he'd been banished to, and what he wants to do is come to Earth, and he wants to re-establish the Krypton race on Earth. And he needs Superman for this, because he needs Superman's DNA. So in the movie, he threatens to attack the whole of planet Earth unless they hand over Superman to him. So the next slide. This is the moment where Superman gives himself up to the authorities. And he's Superman. He can break out of those handcuffs if he wants to. But what he does, at the age of 33, of his own free will, sacrifices himself for the sake of humankind. And so it is with Christ. He grows up at the age of 33. He sacrifices himself for the sake of humankind. Does that picture remind you anyone? Next slide. That's who it reminds me of. See, Jesus sacrificed his whole life. It would be his blood that would be shed in place for our sin. How and where did this sacrifice take place? Let's have the next clip. But did you see the shape of Superman's body in that clip? Have we got the next slide? Well, in case you didn't spot, it was like that. Cross-shaped. That one. There you go. That's where the sacrifice took place, the cross. Where Jesus took upon himself the wrath of the Father on his own shoulders. Jesus died and was buried, but death had no hold over him. He rose again, death defeated. And if we accept him into our lives as the saviour that he is, we no longer face the punishment for our sin. We're saved from the eternal death and judgment that we deserve, and we get eternal life. Where? Heaven. That's why our lead man came as a baby at Christmas, ultimately to go to the cross. So, what did our lead man's journey look like as he approached his destiny? Well, he grew up, he became a man, a carpenter. At the age of about 30, about three years before the cross, he went into public ministry. He preaches, he teaches, he heals the sick, he raises the dead. This actually reflected who he was, where he came from, and what he came to do. Because the cross would reconcile us back to the Father, back into relationship with the Father whom we had rebelled against. So Jesus' ministry demonstrates what the Father is like. 
He says, I only do what I see my Father doing. I heal, I love, I restore. The Father is in me and I'm in him. If you recognise me, you'll recognise your Father. The only, my Father. The only way to the Father is through me. In Colossians it says that Jesus is the image, the perfect image of the invisible God. He's like a blueprint of what God the Father's like. And I want to encourage you this Christmas, if you get the chance, to have a read of John's Gospel, because it's by far the best Gospel for learning about Jesus the man and this intimate relationship he had with his Father in heaven. So I've, I've actually reached that point in my Bible in a year, which I read through, just reached John's Gospel. And it blew my mind again. Stuart's preaching from John in, in January. So I just encourage you, if you get the chance, to give it a read over Christmas and see what it tells you about Jesus, our lead man. So Jesus' ministry also demonstrated where he'd come from and where we will go if we accept him, heaven. He's the new Emmanuel, God with us, in person on the earth. And just like it was in the Old Testament where they saw the things of heaven, so they saw no sickness, no pain, no death. And so in Jesus' ministry, Jesus casts out demons. He heals the sick. He raises the dead. He brings the things of heaven to earth. How does he do that? All empowered by the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that Jesus had relationship with in eternity past. The Holy Spirit who came upon Mary so she would conceive. Remember at Jesus' baptism before he goes into ministry, the Holy Spirit comes down like a dove. From where? Heaven. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. For me, this is one of the most important things about his role as saviour, was that he had to resist sin. Remember, he had to be the perfect atonement for our sin. So he had to live a spotless, sinless life. And he wasn't able to do this just because he was God. He was God, but scripture says he gave up his divine privileges. He did it as a man. That's why he was born to Mary, so he could grow up as one of us. And he did it empowered by the Holy Spirit. Imagine what that was like on a daily basis. Jesus never had a girlfriend. He never even looked at a woman in the wrong way, ever. He needed the Holy Spirit for that, I tell you. Was he tempted to do so? Yes. In Hebrews it says he was tempted in every way, just as we are. There were times when Jesus would have just been crying out to the Father just to pour the Holy Spirit out on him, to help him to resist that sin. It was hard. It was the hardest. Harder than any of our lives. He did it for 33 years and he did it all for you so that you would be saved. He endured the physical torture of the cross so you would be saved. He endured the spiritual torture of the punishment for the world's sin on his own shoulders so that you'd be saved. What a saviour. So our lead man went to the cross. He came at Christmas, grew up, went to the cross. This is of massive significance to the Christian. Because if you're a Christian, Jesus didn't just save you from something. He saved you into something. At the cross, a great exchange occurred. We've already seen that Jesus took away our sin. But in addition to that, he gives us his identity as a son of God. If we accept Christ into our lives, we become a new creation. It changes us right from the inner core of who we are. The Bible says that our old sinful nature was crucified with Christ, buried with Christ, and we're raised to new life in Christ and seated, where? Heavenly places with Christ. 
if we accept him, we get his identity. And it's an identity of sonship where we get the same intimate relationship with the Father that Jesus had. Jesus was born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. And it's so important, it's not just a collection of clever references, it's something that we really need to get our heads around. See, in Man of Steel, Superman struggles with his identity. His father tells him to hide who he is from the world because the world's not ready for him. And he goes on this journey of discovery into who he really is. So let's just look at that last slide. Look at that beard. He even looks like Jesus. The identity struggle that Superman has is where him and Jesus differ. Jesus was fully confident in who he was because he knew who, who the father was. But Superman has to go on this journey of discovery into who he really is. And so it is for the Christian. We must get to grips with who we really are as a result of what Jesus did for us at the cross in order to see God's purposes worked through us. That's what you sign up for if you give your life to Jesus. You get a new identity. And I've got to talk about sin again, I'm afraid. Because it revolves around the fact that your sinful nature has been dealt with at the cross. It's gone and you get this new sinless identity in Christ. The Bible says that Christians are no longer sinners, they're saints. And this is truth. You're a saint, not a sinner. How can that be true? It's a contradiction, isn't it? Because you'll say, well, I still sin, but I'm a saint. No, it's not. Because sin may be something you do, but it's not who you are. Who you are is the righteous, holy, blameless person that Jesus has made you as a result of the cross. When you sin, it's just something you do. It's a remnant of a past life that was crucified and buried with Christ. And I've got another little illustration to demonstrate. So if you have a job as a postman, who you are is a postman. What you do is post letters. If you have a job as a fireman, who you are is a fireman. What you do is put out fires. What if you move job from being a postman to a fireman? If you came to me and said, I'm a fireman, but I'm posting letters, I'd say, that's ridiculous. Posting letters, that's just something you're doing, but it's an old role. It's inconsistent with who you now are. The Christian moves job role from being a sinner to being a saint. If you come to me as a Christian and say, I'm in sin, I'd say, that's ridiculous. That's just left over from who you used to be. That's your old life. It's inconsistent with who you now are. So why are you doing it? That's how you explain the truth of the Bible. And if you believe that is true, if you're a Christian, then also believe that you are a son or a daughter. You are a new creation. You are a heavenly citizen. You are a co-heir with Christ. It's all a result of what our lead man Jesus did at the cross. As a result of the cross, that's what we get saved into. How do we live out who we are rather than who we used to be? It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was promised to Christians to empower them to live like Christ. And and don't underestimate the importance of trying to beat sin Remember, sin can just be not doing what God has asked you to do. 
Jesus lived the prototype model of how we should live, empowered by the Spirit of God. But why should we bother? Our debt's been paid. We no longer face judgment. Yet Jesus does say, flee from sin, because it starts small and grows big. It can serve to drive a wedge between us and God, because the enemy wants to prevent God fulfilling his purposes through us. The truth is, we're in spiritual warfare. Let's have a look at the last clip. This is where Superman fights off some some of the fellow rebels of Zod, the enemy. There's some great CGI in that clip, isn't there? That's why I put it in there. The truth is, we are at war. Satan is a defeated enemy, destroyed by Christ at the cross. Yet the Christian is caught in the crossfire. It's spiritual warfare. Because the enemy wants to attack you. He wants to throw stuff at you. Because he hates you and he wants to kill you. He wants to use dirty tactics to destroy your life. He wants to deceive you with his lies. And when he causes you to sin, he just gains that little bit of ground. But the Holy Spirit helps us to fight him off. Being full of the Holy Spirit helps us to fulfil the plans that God has for us. We've got to be full of the Spirit on a daily basis. Because we're the church. We, as the church, are empowered by the same Holy Spirit that enabled Christ to fulfil his mission of bringing sinners to repentance, bringing them back into relationship with the Father, bringing them back into the kingdom of God. We're on that same mission. We see people reconciled back to the Father. We now have the same intimacy with the Father that Christ had. That's who we are now. That's our inheritance. We just do what we see the Father doing. We demonstrate the things of heaven. We see healing, salvation, deliverance as a consequence of the Spirit of God working through us. Emmanuel, God with us, is with us by the Holy Spirit. We're the new temples of the Holy Spirit. And just as God's presence was in the Old Testament and we saw the things of heaven, so God came, God with us, as a man, Jesus Christ, and he brought the things of heaven. And God is with us by the Holy Spirit as the church, the people of God, and we see the things of heaven. We need the Holy Spirit to help us live out who we are in Christ, to see God's kingdom advance in us and through us. And I just want to ground that in a bit of reality, really. So I like to pray for the sick. Some of you will know that. Sometimes I see God heal people. And that's demonstrating the kingdom of God. That's demonstrating heaven. And that's a result of being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I know that's not necessarily for everyone. God calls us into different things. But you still need the Holy Spirit to help live out what, has, what God has called you into. Being a good parent. Being a good spouse. Being a good employee. So another example that really jumped out at me recently was in the work series when Ben and Charlotte spoke about working with excellence. And I think it was Charlotte who said that the days when she really excels with excellence in the workplace are the days when she's full of the Holy Spirit because it has an impact, a knock-on effect. So when I'm not full of the Spirit, I don't pray for people. But on the days when I'm full of God's Spirit and I go out and those are the days when I know I've met with God and been filled that morning that I'm much more likely to pray and see what God does. If, if you don't often get full of the Holy Spirit and you want to, then please speak to someone and ask someone to, to help you to be able to do that. Because we need to be full of the Spirit to be the new creations that we've been made as a result of the cross. We need to let the new wine burst the old wine screens. Let our identity be known. Let the Superman in us come out. Superman came into the world because the world needed a saviour. 
And so it was with Christ, because the world was distorted by sin. We have sinned, and we need a saviour to rescue us. We've been sinned against. Jesus knows what that's like, because it was our sin who pinned him to the cross. We need a saviour to restore us. Some of us are just feeling the effects of living in a fallen world, a broken world, where life is hard. It didn't turn out how we planned. Jesus knows what that's like. We need a saviour to help us along the way. No one else can be the saviour that we need other than the man, Jesus Christ. Money cannot save. Sex cannot save. Religion cannot save. The politicians cannot save. There is no other God that we put in place of the one true God, the biggest one being ourselves, that can save. Only Jesus Christ can save. And I want to give you the opportunity this morning if you haven't yet accepted Christ as your saviour, to do so. If that is you, I'm just going to ask you to just pop up your hand, pop it down again, and I'll come and have a chat with you later. Okay, that's fine. If if you're too shy to do that, please come and grab me later. I'd love to have a chat with you. So I'm going to close there. I'm just going to ask the band to come up and get ready. But I want to finish by saying this. We've heard that Jesus was a better David, a better Jonah, a better Daniel. Jesus was a better Superman. Superman came from Krypton, from his father, to earth. Jesus came from heaven, sent by God the Father to earth. Superman was like a god to the human race. Jesus was God to the human race. Superman had superpowers to help him fulfil his destiny. Jesus had the Holy Spirit to help him fulfil his destiny. Superman sacrificed himself to save the human race from the evil Zod. Jesus sacrificed himself to, to save us from Satan, sin and death. In Man of Steel, Superman is the only one who can play the role of saviour. And so it is with Christ. We're going to worship him now. Thanks for listening.